if you're heavily invested in your future as a fitness professional, developmental uh, is a step that you need to take in increasing your ability to coach and communicate um, and improve the level of and the standard of your training is really important because one of our mutual friends, Shannon Fable, said something really important on a, on a podcast once. And she said, when you qualify, that's the minimum standard that's required to coach. You should be building on that now, right? And I always talk about camera confidence, but then the next step up from camera confidence is being production ready. Hello and welcome to Grip Fitness Real Talk, where we get real about the things instructors need to know in 2022 to drive their business. So this is part two of a podcast with Richard Playfair from Sweat Life Films. Now, I want you to go back and listen to episode one, where we talked about the marketing and business elements of running a digital fitness business as an instructor. In this episode, we're going to talk about the technical side. Now, before we get into that, I want to point you to two early episodes of this podcast, which is episode eight and episode 10. So scroll right back. We did them in late 2020. Richard appears on one of them. And that gives you all the basics for if you're just getting set up. So if you're listening to this and you haven't been teaching virtually, you haven't been teaching digitally, that's your first place to go because this is a little bit of a refresh and an update. So Richard, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to a bit of a break because it's been a busy year in the digital space. Uh, it has indeed. So what I wanted to get from you is your hints, tips, products, ideas about what instructors should be using to deliver virtual classes or to create their on-demand libraries in 2022. Obviously, when we kicked off, we were doing it a little bit scrappily. So we were using iPhones, we were using Zoom, we were using Facebook, um, and I know that a lot of people have, seeing how big this space has become, created products that are much more specified to what we are doing as instructors creating digital content. So can you give me a rundown on what you think are the essential items for a instructor teaching digital classes? Okay. So there's a couple of things here. Technical as well as developmental, I should say. Um in the last episode, we talk about, well, I spoke a lot about the opportunity of going online with digital because people have dropped off. So the space mm -hmm. has opened up a bit more. Um, that ties very much in with how you present yourself now and the quality of your content. I think way back two years ago, people were happy with the way it was kind of bootstrapped together with the way that people paid for stuff and the quality and the sound that people experienced on the workouts too. Yeah. Now, the first thing we all know we should invest in is, is a mic, a radio mic of some right. sort. So if you've not yes, done because that. Like this, this is the golden rule, and uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the golden rule is that people will put up with slightly smudgy video, but they will not put up with shitty audio. <laughs> exactly, yeah. They're more tolerant of less than perfect video than they are of the sound experience. And so getting that mic is the first thing you should save up for, you know, and do it. And I know that a lot of people are on the fence going like, yeah, but what if I don't like doing on demand after all, and I've spent all this money, you can sell it. The secondhand market is good for this type of equipment. You can yep. sell it. You can get some money back. It's not and, a huge investment. Okay. So number one, buy a mic. Uh, yep. Do you have a recommendation on the type of mic that you use or you recommend? The Rode Wireless Go version one is pretty good. So if you've got that, great. If you haven't, you can get that one, or you can pay a little bit more for the Rode Wireless Go version two. What's and the difference? To, I have the one. <laughs> yeah. So the difference is that that it, it's it's great actually because the two allows you now to record directly into your uh, receiver, 
uh, your transmitter unit, the bit right. that sits on your collar you connect a mic to, yep. it will record for you as well, which is great if you've ever experienced what are called dropouts when you're filming, when the radio signal mm. drops out a little bit because you will put links to these, these um, products that we discussed, we will put links to in the show notes. So don't worry about taking notes down. So, yep. uh, okay, cool. So, so that's your recommendation for microphone and that's the microphone. Good, let me just say on that mic as well, you can also plug this much more easily into your computer. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing streaming through a webcam or whatever, it, yep. it's a much better solution. And, you can plug it straight into your phone or tablet, or you can use it as a podcast mic because it's connected to your computer. So right. I know podcasts are, you know, big deal for the fitness space. And people are thinking, which one do I buy first? This yep. or this? They're so different. With this, you can do both. Yep. So it's a it's a big money saver. Okay, perfect. And that is the so that's the little receiver. Do you have a recommendation on the head mic that would go with that? Now I know that those road mics, you can actually just lapel clip them and they'll pick up the noise. But would you recommend that people do it that way or should they be using a head mic connected to it? Right. Well, a bit of background insider knowledge to the way we do the shift filming. Because mm -hmm. we use a couple of different mics. We use the the Rode HS2, which is a, a head mic, which is worth about 250 pounds. So mm -hmm. pretty expensive on the higher end of things. Uh, and the other one we use is um, the Trantec HM66. It's less expensive. It's about 100 to 118 pounds, depending on where you buy it from. Yep. But this is a proper instructor's mic. So it'll do well for you in a studio and it'll do well for you when you record with other devices. This is the um, black one with the, with the fluffy. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So it's a bit more chunky, it's a bit more sturdy. The, the one that I one, have to wear because my beard catches on the other one and <laughs> creates background yeah. noise. <laughs> and you have a loud voice. Uh, I don't have a loud voice. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? So the reason, if anyone's wondering why I use the road one um, on, on the shift workouts as well, we use that more for mind because it's a more sensitive mic mm -hmm. during the mind workouts. No one's really, you know, shouting, shouting now do yeah. a hamstring stretch. <laughs> You'll feel great. It's a lot more calm. It's a lot more considered the way that it's delivered. Mm -hmm. So we use that mic just because it's a bit more sensitive with sound and can, uh, can pick it up a lot easier. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of head mic. There are lots of different head mic solutions. In fact, I test some occasionally. So, this one's Remember actually this is quite a podcast, good. <laughs> not a visual medium, Richard. <laughs> this, oh yeah, oh, this is not going on. This is not going on YouTube. <laughs> podcast, well, I've podcast. got a Sub Zero one here, which I bought. It was about fifty quid. Yeah, and I tested it out. It's actually pretty good. Uh -huh. Not bad at all for a head mic. And then another one was its little brother, which was eighteen pounds, and it was actually really good as well. Really, like, not we can so not as good, but good enough. You're absolutely good enough for anybody who needs a mic solution um, and doesn't want to spend a lot of money. That will do you just grand. And the best thing I saw on this other cheaper mic was that the cable is short. You know, everyone's fed up with having reels of cable <laughs> yeah. they have to tuck everywhere, right? <laughs> this one is like the perfect length. It's brilliant. I don't know why anybody hasn't done the same sort of thing as this. <laughs> anyway, okay, that perfect. was really good. So mic pack and mic, uh, what's yep. next? Um, it's time to upgrade from the webcam. Okay. It really is. It's time now. <laughs> We've got to let that go. <laughs> um, there is a company um, which does uh, like the streaming boxes and streaming devices for gamers. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what it's called now off the top of my head. It begins with E. Um, and they've got a website. We'll, I'll find the link and we'll put it in the show notes. They've got a website which allows you to look up all the different cameras 
which currently exist, mm -hmm. which allow you to use, you know, for filming and recording, but also for streaming. Because when you stream, you don't want like the date in the top corner mm -hmm. and the record yeah. button going like this. So it, when you have and a is this clear designed for like uh, people that are filming themselves playing computer games? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so what we call it, we call it a clean HDMI out. HDMI is the cable, right? You've got yep. one in the back of your telly, you hook stuff yep, up. Yep. So a clean HDMI out means that it has no graphics on. And the camera allows you to turn everything visually on the screen off. So nothing comes through the HDMI and onto your TV screen or your computer or whatever. So if you're looking for a camera that has a clean HDMI out, which I recommend you do, go to this website, which we'll put the link in the notes, yep. and you can check out and see what's available in your price bracket. Okay. But to give you an idea, I'm using one right now. This is mm -hmm. my preferred webcam, and it's a Sony RX Mark III, I think, and I bought it secondhand for 200 quid. Wait, it's a webcam, but you said no webcams. Well, it's not a webcam. It's the one that I use for my webcam. So when I'm ah, doing okay. things and things like that, because as you can see. So well, it's a camera see. that connects into your computer rather than a, you know, a little bobble that you stick in the middle of your screen and connect by USB. Exactly. So basically I've got a HDMI cable that comes out. It goes mm -hmm. into my computer and I've got clean HDMI, no graphics. So I can use this for video calls and that sort of stuff. And it's got a really good autofocus on it as well. So as a solution, it's certainly worth looking at if you're looking to take the next step up. Now, they're up to like Mark 9 or something of this camera. Like they'd release a new one every year. So this is probably six or seven years old, but it's fantastic. Yeah. So check and it out. You can pick up secondhand, I imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. The secondhand camera market is, is you know, it's free for all at the moment. There's so much out there. Mm. Um, and it's not expensive nowadays either because manufacturers put so many models out every year. Yeah. Yeah, but you're looking for a clean HDMI out if you're doing it kind of this way. Cool. Okay. So we've done microphone. We've done video. What is next? Lighting is always a stable. Yep. Like if, you invest, <laughs> if you can invest in more lighting, invest in more lighting. Even the mm. price of lighting is like bottomed out. Like it's going down. Yeah. If you compare the, the prices of all of the stuff that we're talking about, if we had put together a list of this back in 2020 at the start of the pandemic, not only was it more difficult to get, but um, it was so much more expensive. And now you can buy this stuff for so much cheaper. Yeah, yeah. So lighting goes without saying, really, doesn't it? You know, the, the more light you can give your camera, the better your image quality is going to be. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing, actually, you know what? The la I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to introduce something that you shouldn't spend your money on right now. Okay. <laughs> and, that's, and that's doing fancy intro graphics for your videos uh -huh. you don't need it it's a waste of your time and a waste of your money because if they're watching your video and doing your videos they don't want the delay of your five second or even 15 second intro because you've spent money on it and you want to use it <laughs> they don't want to see it yeah right they don't need to see it um but if you do want to enhance your workouts and you want to put like a timer on your screen mm -hmm. um, because maybe you trim your workouts in Final Cut or iMovie yep. or whatever afterwards, then a timer could be really useful. And um, I've got a pack of timers that we can give away for everyone listening to this. So I'll whack the, the link in the description again. So okay, you can cool. Get your we'll put a link in the show notes. And if you want to venture into the world of editing, simple editing, whack it onto a timeline, then then you can do that. Um, so that's something to include and something not to include. And then lastly, what are your recommendations around storage, processing and storage? Yeah. So a couple of things to note on this. 
If you're thinking I'm going to download all of my Zooms and use them elsewhere, you're probably going to notice a massive drop in quality mm-hmm. because Zoom compresses your audio and it compresses your video right. to shrink the file size so it doesn't take up masses of room. So it, quality has to be considered when we're looking at storage too, right? Yeah. The better quality pictures, the longer shelf life you're going to get, the better right. investor. Anyone money, who right? has bought the new iPhone and recorded something on it and then tried to switch it to Google Drive or put it onto a Dropbox has probably run into this problem where it takes six hours because the iPhone camera is now so good that the the, um, the, the definition is so large. Yeah, you don't need 4K. You don't need to film no. stuff in 4K. You really don't. HD, full HD, 1920 by 1080 pixels is fine. Check mm-hmm. your camera settings that you've got it set up for that. And even the bit rate that you're filming at, the higher the better. But if you're filming at somewhere between 10 and 12 megabits per second, that's absolutely fine. Keep it like mm-hmm. that because if you need to edit it or transfer it, the data size is not going to be massive for storage. One thing I did say way back when at the start of the pandemic is that if you're recording your workouts, then rename the files afterwards. Put the date at the start in reverse order. So 2022, yep. then April or 04, and then the date 014. And then the type of the workout that it was. So you can categorize, categorize them and log them. Because yep. relating to the point in the earlier podcast, if you want to try and regroup workouts together yeah. to sell in packages, it's easier to do it that way. So yeah, and categorize and stuff that, what that um, instructors particularly who aren't necessarily the most organized and efficient uh, file keepers in the world. Um, it's so easy to not do it when you're thinking about other things and, you know, getting it up onto your site and onto your platform. But yeah, if you, that you can very easily become just, you know, that jumble of cords that just gets more and more cords attached to it that becomes a complete liability to fix. Yeah. So I guess those are the, those are the sort of technical aspects. Storage, have a, have an external hard drive that you have all your workouts on, have a place online that you can upload your workouts to for free for storage. Yep. If that means using YouTube and keeping them unlisted, do that for free. If that means using Wistia's free account or Vimeo's free account for five yep. gigabytes of storage, do that until you can afford to pay for the money. Yep. But that the I guess they're the technical aspects. Now, the other side of things that I think we really need to uh, um, approach now, which is a massive opportunity, is um, developmental. Like everybody knows now that delivering classes online can be done, but it's a different experience to doing it in class, mm-hmm. right? And there's been a, certainly a talent drought because we've had masses of people who are part-time in the industry yep. leave it for good because the opportunities weren't there or they didn't want to invest the time in going online. Yep. So, and I know this now because I get people, you know, brands working with me all the time saying, we want to do these workouts. We want to release this program. Do you know anybody who'd be a good fit? right? We've got people outside the fitness space, brands that don't have any affiliation with instructor talent that are looking to do that and find the right talent for them. Mm -hmm. And the the biggest stumbling block for them is they're finding it hard to get the right talent. The easy ways or the, the, (laughs) the less friction ways of finding talent are difficult and slow, scouring Instagram profiles and YouTube and messaging and not getting replies or going through agents of popular instructors and finding yeah. out there's contractual issues yeah. or compromise. It's a massive headache for them. Yeah. So if you want, if you're heavily invested in your future as a fitness professional, developmental uh, is a step that you need to take in increasing your ability to coach and communicate 
um, and improve the level of and the standard of your training is really important because one of our mutual friends, Shannon Fable, said something really important on a, on a podcast once. And she said, when you qualify, that's the minimum standard that's required to coach. Yeah, absolutely. You should be building on that now, right? And I always talk about camera confidence, but then mm. the next step up from camera confidence is being production ready. Yeah. And brands are looking for people who are production ready now. So you're not afraid to step into the camera, but you also know how to work with a production crew. You know what to do, what not to do, and you're willing to put the time and effort in to understanding the brand that you represent. Yeah. So rehearsing for them, uh, reading their brand guidelines, understanding what they're all about. And if you're prepared to do that, people will pay you for it, like handsomely. Mm. And they want people that they can rely on and can do it long-term and can be contracted. So if you're thinking, yeah, but I'm not a famous star and I've got a big Instagram following, they don't want people who are big stars. They want to find the new talent because they don't want to have to deal with the headaches of contractual yeah. agreements. and <laughs> Or they're personally their going around. to do their own thing because they've got such a big following. Exactly. And, and there are so many problems that they have to deal with regards to that. Availability is one of them. Yeah. If they're being booked up all over the place and you're free seven days a week or you, you're willing to travel big distances, that's the sort of thing they want to know. And so I've been working a lot recently on developing guidelines for people to create showreels. And when mm -hmm. I put the feelers out there, people are like, how do I do it? How do I create yeah. a showreel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do I get and by showreel? You mean a, a like some content that shows your skills and what you can deliver in a in a way that you can send out uh, for view. Yeah, and I, I, I'm sure everybody has like seen an actor would have, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly where it comes from. Any sort of a like, demo, like a singer would use to um, to send out to somebody. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I mean, I come from a TV background, and when the TV company that I was working for, you know, was taken over all of the production crew, cameras, editors, mm -hmm. we name it, we're digging into the archives to pull together their showreel because yeah. it's a demonstration of what their skills and abilities are. Yes. And that's what a showreel is to instructors, right? Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's too much to go into for showreels right now, yep. but it's it's like that bit on Big Brother when they say, let's show all your best bits. That's yeah, what yeah, it exactly. is. Well, maybe that's a, that's a future podcast that we can bring you back for, how to create the perfect showreel. But in the meantime, if instructors do want more guidance from you on creating this, then I'm assuming that they can join your group and there will be resources there or links to places that they can go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Facebook group's got a lot of those posts in, but it tends to be more where I address um, technical questions and yep. strategy questions. If you want to get the hottest stuff and always the best stuff, then follow mm -hmm. me on LinkedIn. And it's Richard Playfair or search for Sweat Life Films and we you'll find me on there. It in the show notes. Well, Richard, yep. as always, thank you very much. You've dropped some knowledge on our listeners. We will put a list of all of the things we talked about in this podcast in the show notes. Um, and thank you very much. So good luck for you having your uh, your holiday. I know that you need it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go and eat crisps and chocolate. Two days. <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Richard. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe for all the latest episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please drop us a review. You can also get in touch with me at will at shiftfitnesswithaone.com. I'm Will Brereton, and you've been listening to Group Fitness Real Talk.